0: Hello, my name is Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Mars Attacks Radio.
1: Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. You are listening to Mars Attacks. Get out of my face. Hey, this is Chuck Billy from Testament right here on Mars Attacks.
0: Hey, what do you say? Be careful, because Mars Attacks. This is Bobby Bliss from Overkill. You stay tuned. Hi, this is Robert Krushman, and you're listening to Mars Attacks with Victor. What's happening? This is Jeremy Goldberg from Age of Evil, and you're listening to Mars Attacks.
1: Hey everyone, this is Dave Menachete from YMT, and you're listening right now to Mars Attacks.
0: Hi, this is Bruce Kulik, and you're
1: hanging with Mars Attacks.
0: What's up, this is Doc Coyle from the band God forbid, and you're listening to Mars Attacks.
1: Hey, this is Eric from White Wizard, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Attacks.
0: All right, this is Jason from uh, Kings of Modesty, and you're listening to Mars Attacks, rock and roll show. So, stay tuned, Metalhead. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Z from Life of Agony, and you're listening to Mars Attacks with Victor. Rip it. Hey, what's up? This is Mercedes from Kitty, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. This is Ron from all You're listening to Mars Attacks with my buddy Vic.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, this is Corey free from Fruit Range, and you're listening to Mars Attack Radio. to come Rock and Jam. Hey, everybody, this is
0: Bobby Rock coming at you live from L.A., and you are listening to Mars Attacks. This is Dave Stelver, and Cy Taplin,
1: and Sasha Crone,
0: and we're from Savage, Savage Messiah. Messiah, and you're listening to Mars Attacks.
1: This is Dave Starr from Wildstar, and you're listening to some serious metal on Mars Attacks.
2: Welcome, one and all, to episode number five of the Mars Attacks podcast. This time around, we have Dave Starr, you just finished hearing with his ID, uh, formerly from vicious rumors currently of wild star wildstar is a band that he put together with London wild and uh, they're out promoting the album arrival the title track can be heard behind us right now uh, the track was actually reviewed on blabbermouth not too long ago it was it's actually still up there right now or at least when this podcast uh, initially is being put together and has very favorable reviews on there. Fans seem to like it. The critics seem to like it as well. Uh, The album is pretty good, in my opinion. Gives you uh, a little of everything, and, uh, you know, you'll hear my opinion throughout the interview. Unfortunately, at the time when the interview took place, I had only heard a few tracks, uh, including Arrival, so I sort of based my opinion off of that, but Dave was kind enough to send the CD all the way to Spain. I have been able to listen to it and uh, have thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, in any event, uh, what we'll do is play a little bit of a- Arrival, come out and play another uh, piece of music by Wildstar, bringing you up to speed with everything in the Mars Attacks and uh, Fusion Sonica universe, and uh, end the show with another uh, little track there, a little piece of a track from Wildstar as well. In any event, this is once again Rival by Wildstar. Uh, on the phone, we have David Starr from Wildstar, and uh, we're going to be going over a series of questions with him, just to get you guys familiar with his band, Wildstar, and touch upon uh, his uh, history a little, and then jump into uh, the current project. So, um, some people may know David from uh, Vicious Rumors originally, he was a bass player there. Um, how exactly did that opportunity come about?
1: Well, it's great to be with you, Victor. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, The the opportunity with Vicious Rumors? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that goes back a long time to uh, either 1982 or 1983 when I was in uh, a band called Law's Rocket. Okay. And there was a big scene out here in the San Francisco Bay Area called uh, the Metal Mondays at a club called the Old Waldorf, and Jeff Thorpe, the original member of VR, had a... uh, an earlier version of the band uh, back then and i saw him play and i was just really blown away and I, uh, I i just literally walked up to jeff one night at the club and introduced myself and uh, told him i was really impressed with the material and uh he's a really great guitar player and uh, we just struck up a friendship and then about uh, a year and a half or two years later he called me we stayed in touch but during one phone conversation he called me and he said he was putting a whole new lineup together and that was in late 1984 so that's that's how that whole thing came about and um i joined the band in late 1984 and i stayed with uh vr for about nine years uh lots of records and lots of tours and um yeah it was an interesting ride um and I left the band in 93, and then I came back again for the Warball CD that came out in 2006. But I really just came back to play on that record because I was already deep in the, the songwriting and the pre-production and everything for Wild, with London for Wildstar. So um, that's, that's basically the, the VR story in a nutshell. Okay,
2: cool. Uh, let's see, how did you come in contact with London originally?
1: We go way back to uh, about 1987, I believe, maybe 88, and back in my with my time in VR and when we were um, not on the road, we were playing local clubs uh, in the Bay Area, and her boyfriend at the time was uh, a musician in a local band, and uh, he and I were friends, and he introduced me to her uh, back then, so that is how we uh that is how we originally met. So we we've, we've and she was a fan of what I was doing in VR. And uh so yeah, we go, we go way back. And uh it's it's kind of a long strange trip to to see where we ended up today, but uh yeah, we met back there basically through the music scene and through VR. Okay. Um why did
2: you decide to uh Put this project together with her. You had known her for so long. Then all of a sudden, just based on the music you were putting together, you looked for someone for someone like her, or did you have something else in mind that made this whole collaboration
1: take place? Well, what happened was um, around two thousand or two thousand one. I, I was hired by David Chastain to play bass on. The upcoming Chastain album, In an Outrage, that came out in 2004, and it was uh, the first time I'd ever done an all-digital album where really nobody was in anywhere around each other when this record was done. He was back in Georgia, okay. Um, so I never even met David until after this record was done. But huh. but uh, London had a uh, a recording studio here in Alameda, and what i did was i went to her studio and we recorded the bass tracks she engineered them for me um, digitally and they were sent back to david chastain and uploaded back there so we worked together and she has a production credit on that album Um, and we i had just basically started kicking around song ideas and told her about some things that i had going on and we just uh, started throwing ideas back and forth, and this was about... It wasn't actually, I think, until 2003 that the record was recorded, the Chastain album. And so that's when we started, uh, after that record was done, we started kicking song ideas around. So that's that was basically the genesis of it right there.
2: How, how did uh, Chastain come about uh, hiring you for that project? I'm assuming he was a fan of your previous work?
1: Well, what happened was... Um, Kate French, the singer, was married to Larry Howe, who was my drummer in v r okay and David was looking for a, a new bass player and a new drummer and Kate recommended Larry and I and it made a lot of sense because Larry and I were were well known from vicious rumors we've we, you know we sold a lot of records we played together uh played on a lot of albums together, so it, it made a lot of sense and it gave Dave. David sort of a, a, a shot in the arm. He wasn't getting a couple of, uh, he was going to get a boost from it because he wasn't getting two unknown guys. He was getting two guys who would played together for years and years. And so that's how it was on Kate's recommendation, and that's, that's basically how it happened.
2: Okay, cool. Um, within VR, you were obviously a bass player, but with Wildstar, you also handle the guitar duties, Um, was that a transition that took place when you started writing for this album or were you a guitar player all along and were just playing uh, bass in Vicious Rumors?
1: Well, in VR I was the bass player and I always played guitar but I never played guitar on the level of professionalism, um, the quality that you hear on Arrival. Uh, with Wildstar, that is really something that came together just, um, basically, I started really getting my act together. Um, I got clean and sober in 2005, and when I quit drinking, I really, really, one of the reasons I quit drinking other than to save my life was I really wanted to do this album and I wanted to play guitar, but I knew I couldn't do it if I was still drinking. Because, uh, I needed to get a lot better, and right. basically, I took a crash course uh, once I was sober, and, and I just sat at home and played for hours and hours every night, working on these tunes, working on my solos, uh, refining stuff, and it was something I always wanted to do, but uh, I was just always stuck in, As a, I guess I was a guitar player playing bass for all those years, But, yeah, I I really only hit this quality of playing and this high level really only about three or four years ago. So that's really when it all started. Um, And it's been, to be honest with you, uh, not trying to pat myself on the back, but it's still sort of mind-boggling how I was able to pull this all together in in a relatively brief amount of time. And I had no idea what the response was going to be or whether I was going to be able to pull this off. Because my original idea was to have other guitar players that I had played with over the years, like Brad Gillis and Vinnie Moore, uh, David Chastain, Jeff Thorpe, and Mark McGee from VR, um, to help me out, especially in the lead guitar department. But the the more I was uh, away from my drinking past and the better I got, I, I basically just said, you know what, I'm going to do this all myself. And that's really how it happened, and I still kind of pinch myself, it's uh, <laughs> uh it's a very surreal situation but <laughs> it happened uh and and i the the proof is in the work and the proof right. is in the, the 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 reception that the cd has gotten and and it's it's still at this uh at this latest uh, this stage of my career i've been doing this for 30 years i people are giving me a lot of credit as a guitar player which is still kind of you know that's exciting for me because playing bass all those years you never got as, as much notice especially when you're playing with all these great other musicians uh, right so it's uh it's it's been a real uh it's been a real fun exciting thing for for london and i all around and personally for me is as a, as a making the transition from guitar our to guitar from bass it's it's been great I, I i'm enjoying it it's a hell of a lot of work compared to what i used to do in the past but right i love it
2: yeah, the the one thing that really stood out to me uh with the arrival solo. It sounded very reminiscent to uh like classic Queen's Rake. And that isn't easy stuff to play by any, you know, uh shape or form. So it's very interesting to hear your comments regarding that uh, entire transition. Um were you trying to go for a specific guitar sound? Uh, was there someone that you targeted in on their style and said, you know what? this is my focal point I want to do something like this or did it just happen to come out that way
1: no I really didn't um, because the, the interesting thing is since I when I quit drinking and I really really focused on my guitar playing I really didn't have a lot of time to, 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 to sit around and, and learn other people's solos or you know the things that the guitar players do when they're teenagers and they're growing up and they have their influences I basically just I think what I did was I absorbed a lot uh, from all the great people I've worked with over the years, and it was that combined with the um, – I, I did feel like there there was pressure, like, okay, Dave, if you're going to do this and you're going to pull it off with what you've done in the past and all the great people and the records you've worked with and all the great records that you've done um, – it pushed me just to, to somehow attain a high level of playing, and I jokingly tell people it was either divine intervention or, possess, or being or <laughs> possession, <laughs> or maybe some, maybe something in between. Um, I, I think I, I think musically I have a lot of the classical influences metal uh, in metal. You know, I'm in my 40s, and I I grew up listening to Kiss and UFO and Ben Lizzie and. Judas priest and you know all Blue Oyster cult and all that kind of stuff, and, and I just think it, it just you just put everything I grew up listening to, uh, and, I, and I also think the people I played with were were, there, were an influence on me as well, especially Jeff Thorpe and Mark McGee from VR I've been so closely with those guys for so many years, I think they were a big influence on me uh, in my writing and in my playing. Okay. And uh, one of the things
2: that I did mention sort of off the air, the first time that I heard Arrival, the first person that came to mind was Rob Halford with London's singing, especially with the chorus part there. You have that high um, uh, pitch vocals that she's doing that's very reminiscent of... Rob's vocals, and even throughout the song, the style or the attack that she's employing is very reminiscent to, um, to his singing. And I think that it really um, you know, makes the, the track itself really stick out. I mean, obviously there are little hints of, say, like a gothic influence there as well with the music. And there are so many bands that are coming out that are doing that style of music. And they all sort of sound the same. They're all going for a specific you know, blueprint to, I guess, sell a million albums or whatever. But um, definitely when you hear her vocals mixed in with your playing, there's a very big distinct difference from what other maybe paint-by-numbers bands are out there, what they're actually doing.
1: Well, there seems to be this big, and, and I have to... I have to preface this by saying I, I admit that I don't really listen to a lot of mo- modern metal or modern music, but I, I am aware that there's a lot of female-fronted bands out there, and I've heard, you know, Nightwish. I've heard some of their things, and and a few other bands here and there. But um, I think that London's singing style uh, is really doesn't have much to do with other women in rock. It has more to do right. with the the people that the 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 male vocalist that she was influenced by people like Rob Halford, Ronnie James Dio, Jeff Tate, uh, Carl Albert from Vicious Rumors. Uh, those are the main ones that come to mind. And um, I think that's one of the things that makes Wildstar really stand out is there's a, there's just not really a lot of great singers in metal today. Um, there's a lot of this cookie monster growling crap that I don't really care for much at all. Right. And, Singing seems to be almost a lost art, and I think that she's breathing a breath of, you know, fresh air into the heavy music scene by just coming out. and And a lot of people are are just mystified. They say, like, "Oh my God, I've never heard a woman sing like this before." Right. And in particular, on the on the track, um, um oh God, I'm drawing a blank here. But uh, there's the one track on the album. Uh, Rise, yeah, yeah Rise is the name of the song where people are just scared. she sounds like Rob Halford circa painkiller or uh uh the title track off Resurrection from his solo album. I have never heard a woman sound like that before. And right. it's really made a lot of people take notice. And uh so she's a huge part of the sound of this band and it's uh it's great working with her.
2: How long did the writing process for the album take? Because there was a gap between that last Vicious Rumors album and the actual release of the Wild Star album as well.
1: Well, we, when we started, London and I started kicking around these songwriting ideas, it was around the time that we were uh, working on that Chastain album. And then I, I, I took, I guess, what you'd call somewhat of a detour. Jeff Thorpe asked me to come back to VR and... You know, it made me put um, Wildstar on somewhat of a back burner, and whether or not that was the right thing to do, looking back on it, I'm not really sure, but I did have to take basically a lot of time off from working on the Wildstar album to uh, working on the songwriting for what would be the Wildstar album to do all the pre-production work with Jeff um, on what would become the... uh, the Warball album, which we recorded i think in I think it was February of two thousand six so gee it's been four years uh the record I think came out later that year or early two thousand seven but uh basically, I remember I recorded that album in uh in February of two thousand six, and as soon as I was done with the bass tracks uh I basically had a foot out the door, and that was it for me um I just I wanted to get back to work full time on Wildstar, which is what I did, and uh, I don't regret doing that. The Warball album, but it, it was sort of a step backwards for me. But it it did give me it was probably helpful because it did give me more time to uh, while I was uh, you know collating ideas and re you know reexamining some of the songs that I've been working on, and and it gave me more time probably to work on my guitar chops for the Wildstar album. So. You know, I mean, it was good for Jeff and for the VR fans to have me back, and it was cool, I guess, in that respect. And it was great to work with James Rivera, who sang on that album, who I really didn't know. I uh, had never met him before, and Brad Gillis played with us on that album. So, you know, there were some great things that came out of that record, and it was it was great to work with Jeff again. But uh, the future for me was not to continue playing bass in Wildstar. It was, uh, or excuse me, to play bass in Vicious Rumors. It was to... uh Right move forward and uh, do this record with Wildstar with London.
2: Okay. How was the songwriting uh, approached? Is it something that you come up with a riff and you guys work around that? Does she bring music to the table? How does that whole collaboration work?
1: Basically, the way we do it is I would sit down and record on my little cheesy recording machine. Um, I would basically, in my mind, I would lay down an idea for what I thought would be a song for verses, choruses, bridges, guitar solo, etc. And then I'd present it to her and I'd say, okay, here's an idea, run with it. And, and she would work on lyrics and melodies. Um, and I'd tell her, you know, hey, if the verse isn't long enough or you want to double the verse or you think this part is too short, you know, we'd go back and forth until we'd basically have it ironed out. So that's basically how uh the whole album was written i would come up with what i would think would be musically a good you know idea for a song and and i am basically blank when it comes to melodies and uh vocal melodies and lyrics i'm not much of a lyric writer um i would just give give her and say here's the blank slate run with it and she'd come up with all the ideas and uh if she didn't like a part she'd tell me and and if i didn't like a part she did it i'd tell her but uh it went back and forth, and there was a couple of songs that we rewrote I, as i was as I became more and more sober, one of the great things about staying away, being away from all the booze was i 'd say, Wow, you know a song I wrote a year ago wasn 't as good as I thought it was <laughs> so right. I was right <laughs> up until the last minute i was uh, i was scrap i I remember the ballad nevermore, I scrapped almost that, which I think turned out as a great song, but the way we originally wrote it sounded excuse me, sounded drastically different, and I trashed almost three quarters of the music for that song, and I said, I want to start over, I got some better ideas, and I think London thought I was a little crazy, but it all worked out for the long run, so um, we both just worked hard together and followed our hearts, and uh, I think we came up with 10, 10 really really great songs on this album.
2: Cool, okay, um, how did Jim Hawthorne come into the mix?
1: Well, we were having a nightmare trying to find <clears throat> the right drummer for this album. We went through about 10 or 15 people, and nobody just seemed to be working out. And I've got a, a, a mutual friend of Brad who I talked to, and he said, oh, you're looking for a drummer still? Why don't you call Brad Gillis? He's got a line on a couple of people. So I called Brad Gillis, and Brad said, oh, i got this guy who's perfect for you. It's called Jim Hawthorne. And uh, that's how Jim Hawthorne became involved with Wildstar. And not only did he play, Jim Jim is a very, very talented musician. He doesn't play just drums. He's a, an amazing in- engineer in the studio, and he plays guitar and bass and keyboards. So we ended up doing some of the recording, not just the drums at his studio, but he ended up um, engineering uh, he recorded me doing the guitar solos at his studio, and he ended up helping us with the with the mixing and the mastering on the record so uh jim hawthorne- de- deserves a lot of credit on this record, and not just for playing the drums, he really helped us out with the the overall production uh on the record. Some of the things London and I recorded at our studio. Uh, but we imported the tracks to his studio and uh, where he did the drums, and he recorded me doing the solos, and then we, we mixed and mastered everything at his place. But he, he helped us out a great deal in the uh, process of making this record.
2: Okay. Uh, is there any talk of taking the album out on tour?
1: Well, one of the things that's uh, basically... Um, London and I did this record as a duo, basically, with we hired Jim as a session guy. So London and I did everything ourselves. So what does that mean? It means that basically, once the record was done, we didn't have a band. okay and And what we've been doing what we've been concentrating on is promoting this record uh, through the internet, through MySpace, through Facebook. And uh we signed on with uh with Chip Ruggieri from Chipster PR, who's the public relations firm that handles Judas Priest and Rob Halford and Ingve and uh Iced Earth and a handful of other people. He took an interest in us and he's basically I think we're enter- we're entering into not just promotion for this album, but a long term relationship with Chip where he's basically laying the groundwork for a lo- helping us lay the groundwork for a long term plan. And I think what we're going to do is we're probably not going to tour for this album. We're right now writing and record, uh, starting to write and do the basic recording for the follow-up album. And I think that's when you're going to see us um, basically hit the road. So we'll have two albums full worth of material to choose from. The band will have generated a lot more uh, interest. Um, so that's basically the, the, the way we're looking at it right now, is if uh, when we hit the road, it's going to be 2011 with a new album.
2: Okay. And are you looking to go into the studio with a full band already or just work on that after the second album has been completed?
1: Well, that's an interesting question because it was never our intention with Arrival to go in and basically, I mean, if somebody told me I was going to write all the songs, play all the guitars and all the bass, probably a year and a half before we ended up making the record, I would have said, you're crazy. Right. Um, it was an insane amount of work for the two of us. Personally, for me, playing all the guitars, playing the role of two guitar players and a bass player, writing all the music. There were times I thought my head was going to explode. I was doing so much. <laughs> it was not easy. And um, I'm not sure if I want to do that again.
2: Gotcha, uh,
1: okay. We, we've been talking to a couple of other people about joining us um, to. Uh, you know, on a serious level, and I don't really, I don't want people just coming in and doing a solo here or, or there. I would really like to find a guitar player, a songwriting partner to work with, um, to share solos with, to share songwriting with, and so we're looking around for people to work with on this next record. Maybe a, a, a permanent drummer that would be able to tour with us and a bass player. But the bottom line is, I'm not going to hire on anybody or bring on anybody in the band that I don't fully believe in. After I saw what London and I were able to do on our own, we London and I just talked about this uh, over dinner the other night, and I just told her, I said, hey, you know, uh, I want this record to be as, as good or better than the one that we just did, and if it means the two of uh, her and I doing everything again ourselves with Jim Hawthorne or whoever we have playing the drums, and that's the way it's going to be. Right. Um, I'm more interested in making another great record than having... Um, than, having people in the band that might do the record and then and then quit or lose interest or move on to other things or not be able to tour basically wildstar is London and I right, and if it stays London and I on the next record then that 's the way it 's going to be. If we have a band, then that 's something that we will be addressing between now and the time we hit the studio okay. we 'll just see we 'll just see how it pans out we 're talking to a few people right now i won 't let out any names but We're talking to a couple people about uh, working with us.
2: Okay, cool. Um, Who came up with the concept for the Arrival video?
1: (laughs) Excuse me. I give London 100% credit for that. Not only did she uh, do an amazing job singing on the song and, and writing all the lyrics and melodies and playing keyboards, on the video, she basically filmed me Filmed herself, and then directed and produced the entire thing on her home computer.
2: Huh. Okay.
1: And she spent a lot of time doing that. She built up all those. We filmed all that in front of a green screen, um, and she added all the special effects. The building you see us standing on top of that building in Gotham City, with the right. rain everywhere. I mean, she did all of that herself, and it is a major achievement. And I think the easy way out would have been for us to hire um, some, you know, actors to come in and play the parts of the other band members, and do just just basically a live kind of shot. But she wanted to do something else and uh, make it a little more, make it well, a lot more special. And that's what you see with that arrival video. And she just basically. Became obsessed with with basically making a movie is what it ended up being, right? And did such an amazing job on it. And I think the result, the people are just amazed because they say, you know, I, I have this old saying, you know, about ninety five percent of all the heavy metal videos are absolute garbage, and I can honestly say that because I've been in a, a few of them where right. they're where they're just embarrassing, and uh, this is something that will actually draws people in and people have watched it and they've emailed us and commented on the youtube page saying wow this is like it sounds like a you know a million it looks like a million dollar budget right it's something you're not going to see out of a you know a, a band that's 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 not huge that's not a multi-million platinum selling act and uh, mm-hmm. that's basically all the talents of not just a great singer and a co-songwriter with me but she's a great with computers and and technology and she was able to do all this herself and she spent, I mean, I couldn't, I'm talking thousands of hours working on that video. It just turned out amazing.
2: Right, right, yeah, it did come out pretty good. Um, And the reaction for the album, you've already said, has been pretty good, right?
1: Well, we've gotten uh, a lot of, uh, it's interesting because we didn't know what to expect this is, after all of my years, this is her first album.
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: is my, I don't know, 12th or 13th album, and but my first album on guitar. So we didn't really know what to expect. Of course, we were patting ourselves on the back saying, this album's great. You know, we love it. <laughs> it's amazing. But of course, when you're so close to something, you never know really if, if you're full of crap or whether it's going to, this is what other people are going to think. Right. And the reviews have been nothing short of amazing. Uh, A lot of people have said uh, it's the best album that came out last year or one of the best albums. Uh, Michael Fisher from KNAC in Los Angeles gave it Album of the Year. Um, We've had a lot of people just saying really, really just wonderful things. A lot of the webzines and the fanzines that are out there on the Internet have really, really... Written great reviews. Uh, we've got a lot of those quotes on the uh, the intro page from our website, and also uh, not just um, press people have praised it. Uh, fellow artists like David Chastain said it was the debut album of the year, and that London Wild was was just an, an amazing singer. And David's a pretty hard person to impress. Right. Uh, my guitar player from VR, Jeff Thorpe, uh, gave us a really nice quote to use. Said the record was amazing uh Vinny Moore uh gave me a quote to use, said it was said it was just a, a, an amazing album that reminded him of Dream Theater. Um so it it's been a lot it's been fun to be honest with you and it's been really rewarding to see uh the response that the record has gotten and uh it's it's really you know, I was never in the past so involved in anything musically in my life. This is the biggest biggest thing I've ever done in my career. I mean, Take for example, when I did the Warball album, of course I did months of pre-production work on that record with Jeff, but the actual recording process, I did that entire record in probably 12 hours. Hmm. I just went in one morning with the producer, Juan or Tiaga, and I recorded the bass non-stop, the tracks non-stop. Now you fast forward to what I did on Wildstar, oh my God. I think I played more notes on this album than all the other albums I've done put together <laughs> with with everybody on them. It's just it was just crazy. Right. So <laughs> I, I had never been involved in anything this this uh, this complex or this involved in my life. So it, and then you you see the response for it, and it's so uh, it's so gratifying. I mean, I I, I admit it is really really. Gratifying and a wonderful experience to see people saying that you've done a great job. Whereas in the past, as the bass player with VR or Chastain or other things I've done in the past, you know, the bass player's never really got a lot of recognition. I didn't write a lot of songs in VR. But this was something that hands on I was involved from beginning to end with London, basically as a partnership between the two of us. And it's really, really nice to see. To, to see all the accolades that we accolades that we've we've received, and uh, it's been fun. I've written. I mean, I think we've. I've got a database of all the reviews. I think we've got about sixty of them, mm-hmm. sixty to seventy reviews that have come in from uh, internet sources all over the place, uh, webzines, fanzines, magazines, etc. And I think there was one bad review, and two that were so-so. And all okay. the rest said it was amazing. <laughs> That's a pretty damn good ratio. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. What type of gear did you use in the studio when you were recording the album?
1: I'm a big fan of Les Paul's, Gibson okay. Les Paul's, and I used two guitars on this record for all the guitar tracks. There's no acoustic guitars. Uh, it's all electric guitar. I used a, a 77 Gibson Les Paul Custom, and I used a, uh, a Greco slash Ibanez, uh, Japanese guitar, uh, a, a Jeff Beck Les Paul model from 1977. And I use those two guitars for all the tracks. Um, the guitars, uh, I'm an EMG endorsee. I've been working with EMG for years. <clears throat> and those guitars uh, both have EMG 81 and 89R pickups. And uh, I used a custom-built eight-string bass for all the bass tracks. It's the same bass I used on the Chastain album and on the Warball album, and uh, that's got EMGs in it too. I really like the uh, the huge sound that the eight-string bass gets. So it's just something that I'm basically stuck to doing for the last. I, I don't want to do any go back to doing anything on four or five anymore. It's eight-string or nothing for me. Just gets an awesome sound, and. Um, i actually we didn't use any amplifiers on this record we experimented with some different stuff and i found a a pedal that i really like the sans amp tech 21 gt2 pedal which is basically an amp simulator right and i used that for all the all the rhythm guitar tracks and the solos jim hawthorne had an idea he wanted to split that the gt2 signal with a Uh, pod xt pro rack mount so that's what we use for the solos so there's actually no amplifiers or speaker cabinets and it was the same thing with the bass we didn't use an amp for the bass we we plugged direct into the mixing console with the eight string bass so it was a very uh... very simple setup i went through some trying some tube amps and wasn't really happy with the way anything was sounding and i pulled out that pedal that i had kicking around for years, that uh, Tech 21 thing, and I really loved it. I'm probably going to use it again on the next record. I'm really a big fan of that pedal.
2: Okay, cool. And you
1: tuned uh, uh, to what, C, or
2: was that D open? Yeah,
1: um, I was never a big fan of the low-tuning thing uh, until I started working with David Chastain, and he was tuned down. So when he hired me to play bass on that Chastain album, I had to set up basses that were tuned low to C for for that record so that's how i ended up with this low tune thing it was thanks to david chastain and uh i just i had the basses set up for low c so i just went ahead and tuned the guitars and it just seemed like it worked out um i had to experiment with some string gauges i used uh, diadario uh 10 to 52 strings yeah tuned to low c and i think there's a couple of songs on the album that are down maybe another whole step it just seemed to work and i'm not I've never been this like gung ho guy about tuning lower and lower and lower. It was basically just a fluke because of the um the holdover thing from working on the Chastain album and that basically that's how it worked out but I think it uh, I think it worked for us, and i'll I'll probably just keep doing it uh you know it's the old saying if it works, don't fix it so right um I like it
2: What's the best place for listeners to find out about the band? What's the website address?
1: Uh, the .dot com address is uh, www.wildstar.com. That's W-I-L-D-E-S-T-A-R-R. Wildstar is all one word, and um, that's our official site. Uh, we've also got uh, a MySpace, MySpace.com/slash Wildstar, same spelling. Um, we've actually also got a Facebook page. But be, be honest with you, I'm not on Facebook. A fan. We've got a. a, a a fan uh, named Sean up in Canada was running it, so I'm not sure. If if people out there listening are on Facebook, uh, I guess you can just search it on Facebook and you'll find it. I'm not really sure what the exact address is on it, um, but uh, yeah, those are the main places to find us, and we've got that, we've got that video that's uh, up on, I think, all the sites, and you can also find it on YouTube, too. Just type in WildStar for the WildStar arrival video.
2: Okay, perfect. And what's the best place to uh, pick up the CD?
1: Um, We're working with Chip right now to expand our distribution uh, base. Uh, Right now, um, we've got uh, Hellion Records in Germany is is selling our CD over in Europe. Uh, Disc Union in Japan is doing a great job uh, selling the CD. We're selling most of our records in Japan. Here in the U.S., uh, We've probably the probably the best thing to do. I think uh, Century Media Distribution is carrying it. There's a couple other places. Um, you can always buy it direct from us, uh, or you can download it legally through. Uh, we've got it, I think, up at Amazon, iTunes, and Rhapsody. Okay. And we really appreciate people who are legally downloading. um we're buying the CD. It's a you know we, we want people to support actually buying the music and not just stealing it.
2: A little bit of Rose in the Dark, the first track off of Arrival by Wildstar. Go out, pick the album up if you like it. As Dave said, please support the bands that you do like. Uh, You know, a lot of bands do put a lot of time, effort, and money into uh, what they're doing, and, uh, you know, they're doing this for a living, as you might, uh, you know, with your own job. Unfortunately for someone like me, this is just a hobby, but uh, <laughs> we try to do things to, to the best of our abilities anyway. But uh, nonetheless, go out and support these bands. Um, to get you guys up to speed with everything in my world, in the Fusion Sonica Mars Attacks world, um, as always, you do have Mars Attacks Radio on Thursdays. On Mark Striegel Radio, that is 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. If you're over in Europe, it is 2 a.m. Central European Time, an hour less if you're in Great Britain. Uh, there are replays throughout the weekend. On f- well, on Fridays, on Saturdays, and then the shows repeat the following week as well. Uh, you can go to the Mars Attacks website, which is www.marsattacksradio.com and at the top right hand corner of the website you'll find out all of the times where the actual uh, episode uh, or when the episodes air excuse me you have this podcast you have the twitter page the myspace page the facebook page uh, we also have a last fm page as well um, you can find all that information out directly on the a Mars Attacks Radio website as well. If you want to leave your comments, concerns, any types of suggestions, you could also do that right there on the website, or you could drop me an email. You can send me an email to victor at marsattacksradio.com. Uh, also, for those of you that uh, are bilingual, speak Spanish... Uh, or just want to listen to more kick-ass music, there is Fusion Sonica Radio and podcast. When does Fusion Sonica Radio air? Well, very simple. That airs Wednesdays on Wild Child Radio. Their web address is wildchildradio.tk. It's a station located uh, here in Spain. Uh, Also, you can hear the same exact shows nightly on Mark Striegel Radio as well. Um, The actual episodes are in the middle of a three-hour block of music, so it comes out random times throughout uh, 12 to 3 a.m. Eastern. That's 9 to 12... or actually 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. for those of you on the West Coast. And for those of you over in Europe, just check the website. All the times are there. And uh, the... Fusion Sonica podcast can be downloaded off of iTunes, can be downloaded directly from FusionSonica.com. Uh, like I said, it's in Spanish, but the music is all hard rock and metal, so if you appreciate this type of music, uh, you know it's all there. Every now and then I do get to interview uh, Spanish bands as well, so uh, if you want to be turned on to some Spanish metal, I've got that there as well. Uh, and that is pretty much it thanks for listening uh, thanks to Dave Starr for coming on the show thanks to Chip from Chipster PR for arranging everything and um, once again thanks for checking the podcast out and uh, hope uh, hope you come back next time for episode 6 A little up in the air as to uh, what we'll bring to you but uh Uh, Check back on the website, martintaxradio.com, and you'll find out all about people that I'm interviewing and things of that nature. Oh, and one last thing. Check the Talking Metal uh, Wire. I'm a frequent contributor there. Uh, Also, uh, something new that's uh, sort of come my way. I will be uh, adding some content to... Uh, metal Army America as well. So check that website out. A very cool website that's just started up in the States. Uh, has information regarding all types of metal. Uh, I'll be adding, like I said, all different types of content, reviews, and things of that nature. So, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Check out as much as uh, you can out of all the things that I've mentioned. And see you next time. <laughs>